evening, folks, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else in this room. We're back. Go Deep Podcast has returned after a much-needed holiday hiatus. Uh, we spent some time with our loved ones, recharged some batteries. Some of us are even getting accustomed to uh, new jobs, myself. So uh, I'm struggling. But here we are today. Uh, we are without our gambling guru, Lauren. Uh, he is taking some personal time to handle some things so we will miss him but we will forge on however here tonight with me is my other co-host aj yeah man uh coming to you live from shady grove maryland uh i am uh it at dinadan jets on twitter um look me up pretty much everywhere else uh if you like to play halo hit me up dinadan jets one on xbox live uh i am a your resident washington uh, sports fan that is washington sports for everything except for baseball uh, where I am absolutely enamored of my beloved Baltimore Orioles. Uh, let's go O's, um, especially in the offseason when you can't lose me any more games. Um, <laughs> I, nice, I got to shout you out. That, that was a nice alliteration. Holiday hiatus. I like that. That's good. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, try, I try every once in a while. Oh, man. Well, I mean, we, we, took, we took a week off. It feels, it feels longer than that, honestly, just because there's so much shit going on, man. Um, and honestly, the biggest shit that's going on, um, first off, the CDC recommends that you do not stop watching NFL football, even though it all plays like shit because of COVID. Um, <laughs> speaking of COVID, uh, that definitely did not come out of left field. But my good friend AJ here is coming out of left field. Oh, yeah, man. You know, you know, it's like when they don't know where else to turn on this podcast, you know, when they're done roasting Kyle Kuzma and Rogers uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know, they, they call, that's when they call me in. That's when I come out the bullpen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is out of left field. We are all of us living in interesting times. Today, the last Wednesday of 2021 has seen the highest single day COVID testing totals of, or positive testing totals of the entire, of this entire two year fiasco. Individuals are quarantining on their own. They are getting tested on their own. They're making the difficult decision to postpone or forego long delayed trips to visit with their loved ones during the holidays. They are doing this on their own initiative. In Maryland, the positive test rate today is about 20%, meaning that on this day, about 20% of the people whose test results came back were positive for the deadly coronavirus. And yet, despite a presidential campaign during which we were all cajoled and exhorted to vote for Biden in large part because of Donald Trump's largely non-existent COVID-19 prevention program, I think I speak for most of us when I say that Biden's own prevention program looks pretty much the same. This past week, Biden finally promised to send coronavirus tests to every American only after the enormity of public pressure and the economic realities of mass infection forced his hand. Later on, it was revealed that the administration had rejected a plan to do this weeks ago. If he had actually listened to his own administration, we might already have the tests we all need now to keep ourselves safe. And to top all of this off, the CDC has released muddled and very confusing new guidance regarding whether it is safe to return back to work after a positive test. Uh, I won't comment on what those guidelines are or the science behind them because one, I am not a scientist, and two, I find the CDC guidelines kind of confusing myself. But what I will say is that it seems as though there will be no more lockdowns and not much more assistance from the powers that be to ensure that we all survive. Helpfully, our favorite sports leagues have decided to follow suit. Ensconced in their billionaire-filled and hermetically sealed conference rooms, the NBA and the NFL have quickly ensured that their own COVID protocols reflect the new and apparently dangerous CDC guidelines. They have presided over the most infectious period throughout this entire pandemic by collectively deciding, eh, they'll be fine. 
and that the players can endure their periods of COVID protocols trapped in hotel rooms or trapped in their own homes while they contract the virus from their teammates and their coaches. The show must go on, eh? Except that that's not actually the case. Or at least it can be, uh, the show doesn't actually have to go on. Or at least it can be postponed. We know that because the NHL made the sensible and responsible decision to suspend all games for a few weeks while the COVID numbers skyrocket and have decided also to ban their players from participating in this year's Winter Olympics. This seems like an obvious solution. Rather than watch NFL and NBA stars sit out during crucial weeks, especially for the NFL, the players just take a break and hit the court or the field or the ice when it's safe to do that. Don't get me wrong. I love the Isaiah Thomas comeback story. I love watching Iso Joe display his still viable old head basketball in 2021. I do. But truth be told, I'd also appreciate it if the health and safety of the players and the integrity of the game being displayed on the field were taken into account as well. I'd prefer that immensely over the disastrous, reckless super spreader events that we all witness night in and night out. Or we could just keep increasing shareholder value. That's what really counts, right? This has been out of left field, ladies and gentlemen. Eric, what do you think of all this nonsense, man? Oh, man, it's... <laughs> so we were talking about it before the pod real quick um, in our prep, right? And, for example, the past two weeks of NFL football has been... <laughs> Honestly, you can't even sugarcoat it. It's been pretty shitty. Mm-mm. I it's mean... Like last week, it was it was kind of cool to have football from like you know Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday. Oh no, we didn't have Friday, but like Thursday and then Saturday. Um, so like basically the whole week was all NFL football. Um, but like you got guys who you got stars, starters, and even some backups uh, who have name recognition who were on COVID, and then you you're like literally bringing in guys off the street um, practice squad players and like literally throwing them in a game with like three days of practice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> you're so greedy and you like, you clearly don't give it any fucks about your players or your product. You just care about the money. So it's like, uh, like I want to enjoy this game so much, but fucking we had a guy called Willie parks starting at safety for us. Who? And he was the highest-rated defender on the Jets that day. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I didn't even know. I don't even know half our practice squad players, and he wasn't even on the practice squad. Really you literally hard. picked them up at a like Macy's. <laughs> so it's it's like, then you got like I when like you said Isaiah Thomas got picked up, and I was like, isn't that guy like? Not only is he one of the shortest players that ever played ball, but isn't he kind of like old? Like, old, old and broken down, man. He 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 got his knees busted up a whole lot. And it, it's just like, dude, I don't, I don't get it. Like, postpone a week. What are you going to lose from postponing a week? Like, you postpone a week and then we're all just going to go like, nah, fuck this, we're done. Yeah, what else are we going to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> makes no, makes no goddamn sense. Uh, and then you got the NFL coming up with like the stupid protocols like, oh, if a player is, you know, positive, but he's asymptomatic, he can still practice and play. Like, no, no, we don't give a fuck. This stuff doesn't make any sense, especially given, like, this, like, all right, like I said, I'm not a scientist or I'm not a doctor, so I'm not out here, like, dispensing medical advice or anything, but, like, using common sense, you know if you get the virus, like, you're, let's say you're vaccinated, you do everything you're you're supposed to do, you're super responsible or whatever, you contract the virus at practice, you have to go home somewhere, right? 
like what if you sp if you accidentally spread that virus to somebody at home who's like at risk for uh you know at you know one of the one of the people who are at risk for for, for dying from covid you know because of a pre-existing health condition or whatever like you're the fact that you're vaccinated and you've done everything that you're supposed to do and you know showed up to work and everything now you're being punished because some one of your teammates decides you know i'm not going to get the vaccine or whatever i'm, I'm above all that or whatever i don't have to right. act like everybody else you know it's just like super it's just super irresponsible of the leagues to do this particularly uh you know at a time where the virus is exploding all over the country you know it's not just it's not just like it's one spot like new york or florida yeah. or something it's like all over the place there's nothing you can do to to, to really escape it except you know kind of self-quarantine and, and stuff and you Hunker know down i feel a little bit weird asking asking this of of the leagues to do um you know rather than asking our government although obviously the government should do that that's what i am i am i will advance that position like they should be putting us in lockdown and paying us to stay home so that we don't have to like get sick and die but if they're they're not going to do that you know i think no. the example of the nhl at least shows that these leagues can actually think about the quality of their product that they're putting on the field and on top of that they're uh you know the, the health and safety of the people that watch the game and the people who uh who are who participate in it um and you know just the fact that the nhl can do it and and did it shows that the other these other leagues should be able to do it as well uh and it shouldn't it, it won't you know maybe you push the draft back a couple of weeks but who cares like it's, it's people aren't dying that's the important thing right and it's it, like it's kind of sad that we have to say like before we even got to saying like you know you're you can protect people by postponing it like the first thing we have to talk about right is like your product <laughs> like even for me uh in that sense right like i didn't even think about the people my first instinct was to talk about your product but it's like honestly fuck the fuck the product like we don't know what the ramifications long term are going to be for these players pushing through covid like a week after having it like we still don't know nope and so like what if what if next year like one of your players literally just who was infected just drops dead on the field mm -hmm. because we didn't know right you didn't take the proper precautions to take care of your players you've already got tons of players like like vincent jackson and uh the, the one safety who killed six people who are like stage two cte clearly struggling after the game you don't care to take care of that and and you're repeating the same like the same mistakes with COVID, we don't know what's going to happen to these guys two years from now, three years from now. You know, it's it's kind of effed up. But are we surprised? I mean, no, we're not. We're not surprised. I mean, look, exactly. Washington started a quarterback against the Eagles two weeks ago. I don't remember what his name is. I, I couldn't tell you. What? So what's eating Gilbert grapes? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, that, that was his name, Gilbert Godfrey, right? Gilbert something, Gilbert something. We had we had Yago from Aladdin playing quarterback. <laughs> like that, uh, huh? I was gonna say shout out to him though. He didn't do a terrible job, but like still, like come on, like like we don't. I don't know who you are. It, it, you can't win football games like that. I mean, it, it's just you, you, you just can't. You know, uh, it's, it's so funny to me. Like so, I know you've seen it on Twitter because I saw a couple that you liked. And, like, people are going off with, like, the CDC recommends X, Y, and Z. And, like, they're just making fun of it. Yeah. And my favorite one so far has been referencing that new Netflix movie. And it's, like, the CDC really watched Don't Look Up and said, this is a great idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, if you haven't seen Don't Look Up, it's, it's great. It's on Netflix. It's a good movie. It's hilarious. Check it's so good. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm, I, I'm just at this point, it's kind of like, like, I understand, right? People are, people are fed up and like, we're not trying to make the whole pot about COVID or whatever, but it's like, we understand everybody's fed up, right? We're all in the same pandemic, but it's like, can we just be responsible here? Especially like a, like a national multi-billion dollar organization who like, let's not pretend that you don't have the capability or the funds to do the right thing. You're just clearly choosing not to. And it's, it's affecting a lot. Like there are some playoff games right now. the Colts, for example, Wentz is on the COVID list. If you had made stricter guidelines, he may be able to still play for that team and they may have a legitimate shot at securing a playoff berth, but instead they have to roll the dice on the rookie Sam Ellinger out of Texas or, or they're calling geriatric Philip Rivers and his 15 children to come play for you. Yeah, they, they got the bat signal out, but instead of like <laughs> instead of the Batman symbol, it's like the cover from Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> instead of us steve martin it's just philip river's face yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, exactly it's, uh, it's it's wild to see um no i mean and I, I think to speak to speak to your point about like not being surprised i think i think the thing that like sort of surprised me throughout this entire pandemic because like I, I think about uh you know more broadly the fact that our government just refuses to do like to take any sort of action that that like would force us to 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 deal with the pandemic as a public uh, effectively as a public as a general public like i think about things like world war ii right you harken right. back to world war ii the united states does this all the time because that's when the united states sort of emerges as the dominant world power uh in uh you know as one of the big two obviously the soviet union opposing them right. um but like that's where the united states sort of establishes or begins to establish its global hegemony over the rest of the world and you know you look at what was required in order to make that happen right it was like an entire it was a mass mobilization you have total a situation of total war where entire uh nationalities and societies are are mobilized and organized to collectively achieve a single goal which was total victory in that war and and like i i just i if something like that happened again i don't think the united states would be able to do it like there, i just don't think that there's those muscles that the fabric that existed back then in order to mobilize and organize society in such a way as to um as to as to combat or move against a, a single goal th that just doesn't exist here anymore and i think the pandemic kind of proves that because it's like we've we do have that right it's i mean i mean you could you can almost make a straight straight up analogy to like aliens or something you know if like what if there were like invisible aliens that had invaded the planet or something and like we all had to act collectively to, de to defeat them the united states would be dead like we would all be dead it just wouldn't it yeah. wouldn't work because yeah. because people here are just not it's fake uh, news. Yeah, exactly. Like like it's it's just I don't even want to just blame it on conservative though ism though, no. because like I think like Biden is like a great example of just like a like he's just an old man who sits in the fancy chair and tells us like tells us you know, tells us everything's gonna be okay, I guess. Or except he doesn't even really tell us he that. Doesn't like, say that. I don't I like I like I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago when he was like he was like, uh, the White House released this statement that was like, if you're vaccinated, just wear a mask and you'll be fine. If you're not vaccinated, you're going to introduce a uh, yourself to a thousand years of misery and death. Like it was like this like <laughs> ridiculous like it was like what? I was like, you, is there really nothing else you could do? Like I thought we spent all this time electing you to like do something about this, and you just and what you've done instead of basically he's like decided. You know, Trump basically was just like the virus doesn't exist. We'll just be like, yeah, the virus does exist. You should probably do something about that and then like move on just like turn the chair around 
like you're Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec, like with a circular desk, like like you just ignore the people who are like, hey, maybe we should get some masks or maybe we could like have some tests or maybe we could like, I don't know, right. do a vaccine mandate or something like it's just like, no, we're not doing any of that stuff. Uh, but there is a vaccine. You should get it. And, you know, you should just listen to me uh, because that's definitely worked out for all of us well in the past. Right. <laughs> that press that press release that you're talking about, I'm pretty sure his uh, press secretary swapped like accidentally swapped her like manga with the actual press release and that was probably just like a quote from a naruto manga or whatever yeah yeah. it's like she's a statement today that says exodia obliterate (laughs) to the shadow realm if you're not boosted (laughs) yeah it's so crazy man but yeah now i mean (laughs) i gotta give some credit to the nhl because even even today for example it came out that the nhl postponed like i think it was nine games Mm -hmm. and like the hockey plays a hella games. It's like the NBA, right? Like they play hella games throughout the season. Yep. And the NHL is just like, ah, fuck it. We'll push the season into like May, June. Exactly. What are you gonna do? Not watch hockey? And it's <laughs> like, you know, if people are like, no, nah, I'll still watch hockey. I guess I'll just, you know, I'll watch the NFL bumble around for the next like fucking week while you guys are off or whatever. Yeah, exactly. We gotta watch. Uh, we gotta watch. Uh, uh, Gilbert out there. Like that's yeah. that's the. That's the product I came to see was was yeah. for Gilbert to be out there during my playoff push. Perfect. It's just crucial division speak- games, and I got Gilbert out here. Awesome. Exactly, and 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 I think that's the shame of it is like instead of working with your players or like working with teams that you own, which is the craziest part to me is like you own this team. You literally have invested billions of dollars in this team, and you said, "Eh, fuck it, we'll just wing it." Yeah, we'll do it live. Yeah, who cares? Fuck it, we'll do it live. I mean, this is what happens when you make so much money, you get to sit on a mountain of it all the time. You just think you think you're not connected to the earth at all. Like yeah. these people just sit in their boardrooms or whatever in their fucking luxury suites, like just staring down at the masses, like a prince at a like a sultan or something uh, from from Aladdin or whatever. And uh, they think they think this stuff can't touch them, like they're not a part of it, or they you know who cares what we do, like. The, these these pigs are still going to be here to watch this stuff, right? They'll still hear. They'll still be here to take the slop. That's what they think. And honestly, I, I mean, it's it's kind of shown that we still will. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the worst part about it. It's like fuck. Like we're we are still here. Damn it. But I don't. I, I I'm curious to because we're in the last two weeks of the NFL season. For example, the the NFL is like they're still going through it. They've had over 400 cases in December alone. Um, like this is crunch time for a lot of teams. We're 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 about to do a playoff primer at like towards the end of the sec- of the of the episode here, and we're going to be talking about teams who are like you know fighting for either seeding or fighting for a spot like a wild card spot, and some of these teams like the Colts are going to be like left out to dry. Um. Another one of those teams that 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 might get left out to dry. Although they're kind of, you guys are kind of on the recovery end of it all, thank God. But uh, the state of the Washington football team right now, just because I'm going to segue a little bit Ugh. here. Ugh. Uh, you were telling me about a bunch of stuff that honestly, like I, one of those things that you told me about Montez Sweat's situation, um, you had shared uh, in our group chat. So I was a little aware of that, but like, dude, shine some light on this for for the for the audience because. Even some of it I didn't know. Like, 
it yeah, there's a lot of off the field stuff going on in Washington right now. Um, you know, earlier in the year, obviously, we're without some trainers because of a DEA investigation. Um, obviously, on top of that, you've got the whole uh, Washington football team, like like uh, sexual harassment saga that we're that we're continuously following. Um, on top of all that, we're in the midst of COVID. And then if that all of that weren't enough, uh, yesterday or today, it came out that uh, Montez Sweat, Montez Sweat's younger brother. Uh, was sad was was murdered um, in Richmond, Virginia um, today. Um, don't we don't really know all the circumstances. We just know that he was shot and killed. Uh, and uh, you know that's that's really horrible to have to go through that on top of everything else that's going on in the NFL. And then um, in addition to that, a couple of weeks ago, uh, DeShazer Everett, a safety for the uh, for the Washington Football Team, um, was driving back from a dinner with uh, teammates Jamin Davis and uh, Benjamin Sanjust. Um, uh, he and his, uh, he and someone else were, I don't know what the status of the relationship is, but he and someone else were in a car, um, and DeShazer Everett lost control of it somehow, crashed into a tree. Uh, the young lady who was in the car with, uh, with Everett was killed. Uh, DeShazer Everett himself was pretty severely injured, although not life-threatening. Um, and then obviously the two teammates, his two teammates behind him, Jamin Davis and Benjamin Sanjuice, had to witness all this. Uh, you know, all this stuff off the field obviously accumulates and sort of gives you, uh, a, a you know, maybe a greater understanding of, um, you know, why the Washington football team went out and just got systematically destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys last week. Um, you know, obviously I don't want to just blame the off the field stuff for that, but uh, I, I can say, you know, uh, it's like Ron Rivera said, these guys aren't robots. This stuff takes a toll. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and none, all that is, is just on top of the COVID list fiasco that we just went through. Like basically there was a huge outbreak on the Washington football team. Um, like and I, I know we were defense basically was out. Yeah, our entire defensive line. And I know I blamed the, I blamed it entirely on Montez Sweat, uh, and he still deserves to carry a bit of uh, stigma for that. But like, even guys who were vaccinated and had been open about being vaccinated, like Taylor Heineke, for example, uh, were getting sick or were, were contracting the virus. So like, even even people who were doing the right thing weren't weren't being. There's no there's no Passover. Uh, you know, there's no lamb's blood over your doorway for this one that you know the virus doesn't pass over you for if you do the right thing in this case um and so uh you know just you know you kind of throw up your hands and say man how do i run an organization during a during all of this this crazy shenanigans you know um and uh yeah so so the washington football team's kind of in shambles i mean playoff speaking they're still tech they're still not mathematically eliminated um they need to win out they're gonna need some help uh we'll probably get into that a little bit more uh, as time goes on uh, but man, what a, what a, you know, you're swimming upstream, uh, basically already. And, and now you're swimming, now it's the angles just steeper. Um, so, uh, man, uh, honestly, honestly, for me, it's like w- with the, with your Washington team, it's like, I don't know who's had a rougher year this year between y'all or the Jaguars in terms of not just like performance wise, but just outside like shit outside shit, just piling up. And I gotta lean towards Washington because, like you mentioned, y'all had the Dan Snyder, y'all y'all still have the Dan Snyder shit show going on, the whole fiasco. Gotta get that guy out of there. I I swear to God, he's like he came, he bought the team, and it's just been cursed ever since. Um, you had the probably one of the biggest COVID outbreaks among any any NFL team this year, uh, other than like the Browns and maybe even the Rams. Um, and that and like. Sweat's been out with was a broken jaw first, then it was COVID, and now like he's got this horrible loss in his family. 
it's just like, man, you guys can't catch a break. Shit's just piling up, and it's incredible to me. It, I think this speaks to two things that you're still in the hunt. One, it speaks to the to the to the trust and like the faith that Rivera has gotten from whatever player he has available to play for him any given Sunday. Um, and it, I think it also kind of speaks to that team in the locker room in a sense, because like, I don't think like I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say. Your players absolutely have no support from Dan Snyder. Uh, that front office is probably pretty, uh, pretty distant kind of cheerleader to that whole roster. Like they probably don't give a shit. And I think it shows because Ron has been pretty. It seems to me like he's been pretty influential in terms of like who gets brought in in free agency, who gets drafted, and so like the fact that you guys are still in the hunt is incredible. Uh, but it's also kind of painful to when you have to watch your team get blown out in Dallas by 40 some points on a Sunday night football game. It's like, fuck, you know, yeah, that was, that was painful for sure. Uh, and as, did not enjoy that at all. As a Jets fan, like I felt for y'all. Cause we, we had that happen to us earlier in the year against the Patriots and then again against the Colts, but neither of those games were in prime time. <laughs> so I was like, mm. yep. And sadly, it continues a long Washington tradition of just completely shitting the bed in primetime, just like for the entire world to see. I also, we also have to bring up the fact that whoever's idea it was to fly in benches for that 40 point ugh. thrashing. What, what even was that? Why? Like, ugh, so bad. So what was bad. it? What was it that you said it was about like um, copying your, your opponents? Yeah. Strategy? Like, all right, look, if you're, if you're like, you don't copy your opponent's, like, like if your opponent sticks something in your eye or whatever, you don't copy their moves. You, like, figure something else out and do your own thing. You don't, like, you don't, like, do the thing that they did back to you. That just shows you're a little punk. You can't think of that. You're, like, completely uncreative. It's, like, I, like, it's just, you don't bite your opponent's style for, like, like, that's just not, that's not cool. Whoever came, whoever came up with that, like, I, I imagine that that's something that came out of Dan Snyder's mouth. Like, was he was like, oh, they brought their that. benches? We're bringing our benches. Ooh-hoo. It's like, yeah, okay, all right, whatever, bud. He's he's threatened by, by the vampire that is known as Jer- uh, Jerry Jones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I can't have Jerry up, show me. <laughs> yeah, my island's bigger than his. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not a good look. And like, at first when that when that first came out about the benches getting flown out, I was like, do we really want to go through with this? Like, is this really what we're we're about to do? And then that and happened. Then lost by 40. Like, come on. And, and come then on, all Twitter went loose. It was like, for, for a solid two days, it was just like, you guys and benches. Yeah, straight up trending. benches jokes the whole time. I was like, yikes. But, uh, I don't know. It's 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 still incredible to me. It's a bit mind-blowing that, that you're still in the hunt. And we'll get into, like, the factors of how you can still make it in um, in a bit. But shout out. Shout out to Ron for coaching the fuck out of this team, man. Yeah, facts. Um, another another Washington team that we kind of want to, I, I feel like you should highlight a little bit, and I'll let you do it, is uh, the Washington Wizards, because that's another team um, that's going through, like, I want to say a bit of a COVID outbreak, too. I mean, yeah. Rui's out, um, Beal is out, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then, um, who was the other one? Uh, uh, KCP is out out on COVID protocols as well. Can Kentavious Caldwell Pope? Yeah. Isn't is Neto still out or is I believe he... he just went out yesterday. 
or the okay. day before, one of the two. God, that's a lot of players. Uh, well, what's the state of the Wizards like right now? Yeah, I mean, right now the question is, are they are they the Wizards or are they the Capital City Go-Go? Because they've got like four or five guys come, that came up from their uh, G League team. Um, and, uh, you know, look, in terms of the record, they are pretty much at 500. Um, and they're still, there's, you know, all the problems that we that have been revealed over the past couple of weeks, those are continuing. So uh, long shooting droughts, um, where guys just don't score. Although there was, some, we lost last night, but there was some signs of life in uh, um, a good sign for the team. Dallas Bertans hit like five or six threes, uh, which is what we paid him to do. Um, and then um, Spencer Dinwiddie has come alive while Bradley Beal has been out, uh, which has been great to witness. Um, same things. Uh, it's been great to watch Denny Abia all year and Corey Kispert, uh, our, our first, our, our draft pick from this year, uh, who was brought in to be a spot up three guy has proven to be really, really good at that. Um, so that's been really encouraging to watch. Um, it's just, you know, the COVID thing makes everything difficult, right? You're missing three or four of your starters or, or, you know, your, your second, you know, your, your second string guys. Um, it, obviously that all makes things different, difficult and, and, and missing Brad is, is difficult. It, it, it's just hard. I mean, it, it's difficult to win games. Now it did come out in the, uh, in the news, uh, an update about, about Brad is that he did get vaccinated. Um, so that's good news. Um, finally, uh, <laughs> there was a puff piece about it in, um, I think it was NBCSports.com. Um, he shouldn't have waited this long, in my opinion, uh, but it, I'm just glad he did it. Uh, I think he probably had it done before because I don't think he can play in New York City if he didn't have it done. But like the fact that it's finally becoming public, I think is is a good thing. Yeah, it's um, a bit reassuring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think you know it gives permission to, or it puts pressure on guys who may not be vaccinated to go ahead and get that done. Um, it's also super discouraging to have uh, Roy Hachimura go on the COVID list because. He had really been um, ramping up in practice. Uh, we were expecting to see him on the court in the next couple of weeks. Uh, now who knows how long it's going to take him to get in shape, um, uh, you know, in order to play. Uh, you know, we might have to wait till February to see him, which is which is really disappointing because the Wizards need him. Um, uh, you know, they need him. They need Thomas Bryant back uh, as soon as they can get back. And um, so hopefully the COVID outbreak doesn't, um, doesn't spread too much uh, in the future for the team. But like I said, Wizards over you, batting about 500 right now. Or not batting 500. That would be really great uh, for, for MLB baseball. But, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're sitting pretty at about 500. Uh, I think they're the sixth or seventh seed in the East right now. Um, you got to be eight. You have to be one of the top eight teams to get in the playoffs. Um, so they're not looking no, terrible. They're not looking uh, – they're not playing particularly well, especially after the 10-4, and 10-3 start that we saw uh, earlier this year. There were lots of high, high expectations for the team going forward. Um, they haven't really lived up to those uh, in, the, in, in the past couple of months. But it does yeah. let us know that they can get there. So all in all, Wizards going into the new year. Hopefully the new year turns a new leaf and they're able to come out looking like that first couple, those first couple of weeks. From, uh, from like an article that I was reading, it seems like the two factors playing into the, the, like the decline in play on their end, one was um, – like apparently, when they started the season super strong, they had a lot of energy on defense. So they're like, you know, you're getting some gritty plays on D, just completely uh, stepping up. And it seems like that kind of fell off for a little bit. And I guess, I, I mean, you, when you don't have guys, you get tired. So I guess I can see that. But then the other interesting side of it, and maybe you can um, discern this a little bit more than I can, but they were talking about how players were unhappy with the style of offense that they were playing. Like basically players are saying that like Unsud needs to let them play a little bit more free. Whereas Unsud was like, 
I just try to put guys in the best position so that they can, you know, you know, uh, get points. So he, he kind of dictated who was taking shots or like who was, um, who would be controlling the ball. And like, like he basically told the team, like, if you guys have any input, then speak up, like, come talk to me. Um, I mean, from your end, I mean, does any of that seem, seem legitimate or do you think that's just kind of like a puff piece or something like that? Yeah. You know, I don't know um, how much of that might be true or how much of it might be media hype. I think, um, I think that I, I do, I do remember that little excerpt going on in the, going around the press. Um, but I think far more than anything else, like one of the problems that the Wizards has, has been, have been having, the Wizards offense has been having is that they're, they're trying to like be too cerebral coming up the court, I guess. It's like, they're looking to call the, the right player or whatever. Um, but like at the end of the day, I mean, I think I've said this before on the podcast, like the basketball is just a game about putting the ball in the hoop. Uh, you got, at the end of the day, you kind of just got to do that instead of worrying about calling up the right play or, or doing this or doing that. I'm not sure that it's right to call Wes Unseld out on doing that because I think for the past couple of four or five seasons, we've had Scott Brooks as our head coach. He's basically a coach that like was basically just like ISO for Brad and ISO for Russ Westbrook or ISO for whoever and go and let them score. And, you know, he had, he had some success doing that, I guess. Uh, but the thing, the, the fact of the matter is Scott Brooks never won us, uh, you know, any playoff series. Uh, Scott Brooks was not, he was not it. I'm sorry. He just wasn't, you know? Um, and I, you know, I didn't think Scott Brooks was terrible, but like it became evident by the end of his tenure that he did, basically just didn't run an offense. Uh, he was terrible at drawing up plays. Wes Unsell's not that guy. He he draws up plays. He knows what his offense is going to be and he expects his players to execute. I think that's reasonable for a, a coach in the NBA to to hold those expectations. Um, now, and to speak to your other point about defense, um, I, I don't, I think the Wizards actually play pretty decent defense. Um, it's, it, it's, uh, there might be something to the, the comments about energy. Uh, it, you know, they did go on a really long road trip out West, uh, where they, yeah. it was pretty grueling. Um, and you know, I could definitely see, especially with some guys getting COVID and all that kind of stuff, like that can start to take its toll and, and it could be a real problem, uh, after a while. So there might be something to that. Um, but I think, I don't know, because, I don't know, people say stuff like energy all the time, and I, I kind of hate that term because it's like, I don't know, <laughs> energy is literally like the word energy means like inner work, if you break it down to its original Greek, which means you don't see it. It's not something that's like, you you don't see energy, like, you know, right. it's not on display. You're kind of just assuming that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, they're just not running hard enough. And it's like, okay, is that what the problem is? Or like, what's the, what's really going on here? Like, in some cases you do see, you, you do see those effort types of issues, but like, I'm not quite as worried uh, for the Washington Wizards are in terms of like their energy on defense as I am or for like, for example, for a team like the Lakers, uh, where I don't know if our oh listeners saw this, but like there was a play a couple of weeks ago where LeBron James brings the ball up the court and none of his players follows him on offense. And he has to like yeah. just be out there by himself like that. That to me is an energy problem. That's like that's like I am not focused on playing the game. I'm not focused on helping my teammates like I'm just going to watch LeBron go up the floor. And that that to me is an energy. That's a real problem. Like that right? play was insane to see. It was crazy, dude. It was literally him against all five of the other team. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. When does that ever happen? And I don't I don't see those types of plays going on for Washington. I see a yeah. lot of silly turnovers on offense. Uh, I see a lot of driving to the basket, expecting foul calls and not getting them. Uh, mm-hmm. Which you're a wizard, you're never getting foul calls. I don't know where that mentality came from. Um, and I see a lot of uh, I see a lot of missed free throws, frankly. Um, so like maybe the energy aspect comes on, comes when we're shooting free throws and, and comes when, you know, we start to panic a little bit because 
uh, we haven't gotten our open shot and we have to create something. Um, and right. doing that without Brad, Brad Beal on the floor obviously makes it a little bit harder. Um, but at the end of the day, like, like, I don't necessarily think that like energy is the problem. I think, uh, I think the Wizards, especially with Denny Avdia uh, and Kyle Kuzma, they play really great defense um, right. on the floor. And same with Montrez. He's a, he's a, he's a beast at near the basket. And so, and Gafford even more, even more so. I mean, he's got like, he's averaging one of the best block shot ratios in the whole league. Um, so I, I think, I, I think really what it is with the Wizards is like, it's just, for some reason, after that really hot start, all the things not like all the things came together for that hot start, right? Like we were doing right. everything well, shooting the ball well, we're shooting threes well, uh, and then we're making using our defense to create turnovers and then to, uh, generating a lot of offense based on that. Now some of those things aren't are necessarily falling. The free throws aren't falling. The three point ball, the three point ball is not falling. You got through some long droughts. Um, and you know on some of these drives and stuff that are kind of close, the ball's not necessarily going to the basket. Uh, and it just it causes a lot of frustration and, and, and stuff like that. So I think I think the mental aspect is just it's just a couple of little things that need to be tweaked that need to be recovered. And I think the Washington Wizards will be back on track. Hopefully and like hopefully when it when is just well, well, for one, I don't know when it is, but for our audience, too, when is the, the all star break? Because I know that's probably a time where, we'll, we'll, you know, we get so much need to rest for the team. Yeah, I think the all star break, if I recall correctly, it's not until February, I okay. think. Uh, so, like, they've got a whole other month to go through month. before, uh, uh, before you know, before they can see some relief. Yeah, the All Star Game itself is on February twentieth, so they've they've got okay. a month and a half, a good six weeks more of basketball before they can really expect um, to to you know have a have a real break. That is assuming that COVID doesn't shut the whole world down. Well, well that's that's TBD. To be, to be honest, yeah, according to the CDC, uh, it's it's un-American and unhealthy to not work when you're sick. So yeah, exactly. We don't know. Your work is your family. But, guys. Um, you got to go to work. Uh, get back to work, guys. Like, stop. Can't have you staying home and surviving. I mean, what what is this? Yeah, what do you think this is? <laughs> um, well, speak. Staying staying on topic with the uh, the Wizards here uh, at four twenty three p.m. On December 29th of this of this year, so literally today, uh, Kyle Kuzma tweeted out, "The rich don't pay taxes." Uh, uh, yes. After CNN CNN tweeted that Elon Musk is due to end 2021 with one of the largest tax bills in history. Uh, woe is me, Elon Musk is to pay 11 billion in taxes, which he proceeded to make back in the next minutes of his own existence. Uh, and Kyle Kuzma decided to tweet that out thinking that we would agree with him <laughs> um <laughs> we were we were we were pretty we were pretty open about our fry session of cal in the group chat i will say the the one tweet of of the picture of george w bush jr that said child left behind <laughs> <laughs> that one uh that one was a nice touch uh what was uh any any favorites there Nah, man, my favorite was the Yu-Gi-Oh card that said, uh, you thought we would agree with this? <laughs> like, it was, that was you. That was my bet. That was my favorite one. Uh, I <laughs> like activated my trap card. Yeah, exactly. The best part about that was that it had a caption underneath of it that was like that, <laughs> that was like, if you hang on, let me just read this. Uh, <laughs> the card is called You Really Thought, and it's a trap card. It says the <laughs> 
This is an upgraded <laughs> trap card. Uh, stack it on a Psych I Lied card, and it'll deliver a large amount of damage to your opponent. <laughs> Emotional damage. Yeah, exactly. For <laughs> Someone yeah. tweeted out. Someone tweeted out. I know your teacher used to hand you back your test face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my oh, god. Man, you can't make this shit up, bro. Oh, that's so good. Oh, oh man. Yeah, look, okay. The lesson here, the lesson here, ladies and gentlemen, is uh is that you should definitely follow Kyle Kuzma's Twitter account because you get some great A content on, on social media for Kyle Kuzma. Like uh and, and you know he's a he's a Washington Wizard, so I'll defend him a little bit, you know, but my man is not the brightest bulb in the box. Uh, and he he be he be he be he be posting and tweeting some wild stuff, and he be taking fashion risks that are frankly just hilarious. So, ladies and gentlemen, please follow Kyle Kuzma so you can enjoy this content. Um, all right. So there's levels to what I want to say about this stuff, right? First of all, I'm annoyed with CNN for like be caping for uh for Elon Musk out here, like he needs more good publicity. I'm the time person of the year for doing something exactly. Like it's not exactly clear what he, what exactly I he did. Have no idea. Why was he even? He's like advocating for digging holes in the ground to make a subway system, except worse, uh, so that you're like in your own car instead. Like, it's it's extremely <laughs> like billionaires in this country love to like take things that have already been invented and then like make them worse and be like, look, I am I'm a genius. Like, and that's that's like what his entire shtick has been his entire career. Uh, so, but he's got a lot of people who think very highly of him. So I guess kudos uh, on his PR operation, but like, yeah, let's be real here. Elon Musk has made an entire career out of fleecing the public. Uh, his family money is made from, uh, emerald mines in South, uh, South Africa, where he, uh, his family employed slave labor during apartheid or not, I guess technically they were paid. So it wasn't technically slave labor, but we all know what we're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, essentially employing slave labor uh in south africa to to build up his uh his massive fortune which he then uh only partly put at risk uh by stealing the intellectual property necessary to en enable him to make a bunch of money off paypal uh and then he uh jumped ship and used a bunch of a ton of public financing in order to create tesla uh so my man's has never really done that much risking of anything uh, and in fact, uh, has made a name for himself, uh, leeching, uh, all of the money that he makes off of the backs of people who deserve, uh, frankly deserve to make a whole lot more than he does. Um, and so, uh, screw you, Elon Musk, first of all, uh, you're a terrible person. Um, and if I could, I would write an entire Grinch song about how terrible you are. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, you're, dude, you're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. Uh, you've got termites in your smile. Uh, and, uh, you've got garlic <laughs> in your soul, my guy, like you're bad. Uh, and you stink. So, uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, so like, uh, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma tweeted the sarcastic, oh, the rich don't pay taxes. Like, like, come on, my guy. Like, <laughs> are you kidding Ooh, me? Like, why, why, why did he even feel like, like, I, I genuinely don't understand what he was thinking. Um. If if I were his agent, I would do two things. I would first off probably start him in OnlyFans, but instead of like nude content, it would just be like his dumb shit all the time and because <laughs> uh, they would make a killing. And then second of all, I would one hundred percent hire like a nanny or a retainer or something because like 
I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> just, like, it's just, it's so like, I, I, the thing I like about it is that somebody pulled up a couple of his tweets from a couple years ago and he was like retweeting Bernie Sanders being like, we got to tax the billionaires and millionaires more. And Kyle Kuzma's like, facts. It's like, it's like, it's like, bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Retweeting Elon Musk. Like what's happening here? My man went from from L.A. to Washington real quick and was like, oh, I know politics now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man, it's 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 too bad. But Kyle, Kyle, you're you're still you're still, a, you know, fellow Washington wizard. Uh, we love you. Uh, just please keep hitting clutch threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I will temporarily really give you for uh, trying to stand Elon Musk, especially after you got uh, ratioed mercilessly by all of Twitter today. Yeah, Twitter was not kind to him today. <laughs> no, it was um, not. Someone who's who 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 gets surprisingly babied in social media, though. However, uh, good old Aaron Aaron Rodgers mm. up to Aaron Rodgers things. I feel like at this point, Pat McAfee knows what the fuck he's doing every time he brings Aaron on. Absolutely. Like, and I'm I'm kind of here for McAfee doing his thing because I'm like <laughs> I can't be mad at McAfee. But every time Rogers comes on the show, it's like he's going to open his mouth and he's going to say some dumb shit. And um, I can't quote it as well as you do, but he made a he made an incredibly stupid comment today. What was mm-hmm. it, AJ? Yeah, yeah. So the quote that's that's going around. I mean, and I watched the entire five minute, five or six minute clip that they posted on their Twitter account. It was like it was like what he said was uh, it's basically, and I'm paraphrasing. This is exactly what he said, but he said. Uh, science can't be questioned we have to once science can't be questioned it's no longer science it's propaganda right which is exactly the type of dumb guy shit you say when you want to sound profound but like you don't actually know what you're talking about right like because what aaron Rodgers is talking about when he talks about criticizing science is like hey uh, i just don't like the outcome here so i'm just gonna be like but that's bad you know whereas like that is the dumbest thing in the world because like science Yes, it is about like ruthless like criticize criticism of like what exists and everything like that, but it's like you have to be a part of that scientific community and like know what you're talking about. Like you have to right. do when you say the ter- the phrase do your own research is ridiculous because science exists as a community. So you can't do your own research and be like my research is correct. I'm re- I'm right I'm right and everyone else is wrong. It's like no, you have to like go through a process. There's like right. You have to be able to produce like testable results and like re- they have to be rec- replicable and everything like that. Like you can't just be like, yep. I produced 500 pages of research. I'm smarter than every- everyone else. It's like, nah, bro. You have to like demonstrate that joint. It has to be able to, you have to see it. And you, Aaron Rodgers has done none of that. He is, he's talked to quote unquote medical professionals. Okay, buddy. Like <laughs> Joe Rogan. whatever, whatever, Aaron, like you go ahead and do your thing. Like you, you're really good at throwing that football over the field, but my guy, leave the science to the professionals. Stop making crap up just so you can launder your own petty like conspiracy theory nonsense because you think you're smarter than the rest of the of the freaking world. You're good at football. You're a very dumb person. That that is very and neither has to be mutually exclusive. It Aaron Rodgers to me just like like this year specifically, he kind of looks like. Follow me on this. You know, in movies that have to do with like either like giant spiders or like aliens invading a planet or whatever, at like in the beginning before all that shit happens, there's always that one character who's like in a trailer or in a basement somewhere, and he like runs a, like a like a like a, a a conspiracy radio show, and they always look like 
really like just real dusty looking and like sallow and just sunken in like that's aaron Rodgers right now like he looks like he lives off of radishes and like <laughs> radishes <Yeah. laughs> my man's growing turnips in his backyard he's like these are these are great for your health are, yeah these are awesome this is all you need <laughs> this is all you need <laughs> as he chugs like a gallon of minute made orange juice <laughs> That's that's what he that's what he looks like to me, and so when he comes out and he says shit like, "When you can't question science, it's clearly propaganda." Now, Aaron, Aaron Aaron Rodgers looks like a guy who's just used to like getting like he's been famous for so long that like he doesn't know when he looks bad because no one's going to tell him that. You know what I mean? Like, like that's yeah. why he's able to like go out looking like uh looking like. Like, he looks worse than the cavemen from those Geico commercials from, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, he looks like he's trying to play Aragorn. Uh, from oh. He's, like, auditioning for Aragorn and from Lord of the Rings. He's like, <laughs> he's yeah, I've been out on the road for time. six weeks. Yeah, I I sleep on the ground. I eat wild deer. Uh, I, you know, that's that's what he that's what he that's what he looks like. Like, my my guy, take a shower, get a haircut. Like, what are you, what are you doing out here? My Aaron Rodgers right now looks like a greyhound with a with facial hair. <laughs> literally what it looks like. Uh, yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers huh? looks like Aaron Rodgers looks like uh like like a character you would start start on in Morrowind. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers looks like he took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> oh my god, Aaron Rodgers looks like. One of the rats from Ratatouille that was a hater. <laughs> like, that's what it looks like. Bro. He's a hater know. rat. <laughs> He's a hater rat. Stamp. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, I don't know. Up. Aaron, keep playing. Uh, you know, keep doing your damn thing in the NFL, playing football. Just stop going on the Pat McAfee show because he's <laughs> clearly setting you up, bro. Yeah, man. I don't know what. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he says to you to get you on the show. But uh, clearly, he's got your dumb guy number, and uh, you're just gonna—he's just gonna keep dialing it up. Shit, Mac, if he can't miss, yeah. Look, even under pressure, he don't miss. He don't miss that boy. <laughs> uh, someone who did miss, and now we miss Urban Myers. Mm. No longer with the Jacksonville Jaguars, R. was my fired. Oh literally my a week after Khan was like, "No, no, we're gonna we're gonna evaluate him." The article came out where Josh Lambeau was like, yeah, Urban Myers came up to me at practice as I was stretching, kicked me while I'm stretching, and told me to fucking make my kicks. Josh Lambeau proceeded to tell Urban Meyer, don't fucking kick me, guy. <laughs> Urban Meyer proceeds to go, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you when the fuck I want. So then Khan said, I'm kicking you to the curb, <laughs> AJ. Now I know I know you're a little hurt here because we want. I was right with I was right there with you. I wanted to see some uh, some more uh, some more bullshit go down. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? You know, amazing tenure that Urban Meyer had. Of yeah, man. Games. I, I just I was hoping that you know, like everything else in in this COVID doldrums of a time that we're that we've been having for the past year and a half, all the bad things just take forever to end. <laughs> like there's just it just continues on and on and on in an endless series of of unfortunate events that doesn't even have the or actually that's not true just like the series of unfortunate events actually comes with a nice side of humor uh to take the bitterness off of the tragedy of the thing you know you watch mm -hmm. uh urban meyer lead his lead his 
horrendous Jacksonville Jaguars to like a 0 and 16 season uh, and, you know, have have him just like spectacularly embarrass himself week after week uh, so that by the end of it, everyone knows what a big clown he is. Uh, but unfortunately, it all went out in a blaze of glory la- a couple weeks ago uh, <laughs> when the story came out about him kicking the guy. Uh, and he flamed out quicker uh, than a fire, a campfire marshmallow. Uh, well, R.I.P. Urban. We, we're going to miss you on the podcast, my guy. Uh, and look, look, if you, if you want to continue your career, you know, contact your publicist, have them reach out. You can come on the Go Deep podcast and just share all of the uh, all of the secrets and inside information you've got. Yeah, uh, look, we are here. We are messy. We're ready for the tea. Let us hear it. Like, let's let's get it. Come on. Come on the podcast, bro. Uh, this just it. came. This just came in. The CDC recommends that if you test positive for COVID, coach the Jacksonville Jaguars for about as long as Urban Meyer did. <laughs> You're safe to go back to work. <laughs> You're safe to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I was kind of hoping we would get to see uh, the the. Urban Meyer, Bill Belichick match down that is happening this mm, week. Because mm. I feel like Bill, after losing Tom, has been like on a complete tear this year. And I kind of feel like, oh, it would have been brutal. I feel like Bill would have pulled out all the stops just to absolutely shit on Meyer. Yeah. Uh, just because I like, I kind of get that vibe from Darth Belichick. Um, so I'm sad we, we don't get to see that. But yeah. I just also beat the Jags. So, hey Sadly, uh, so, Urban wasn't there on the sidelines to lead his team to disaster. Yep, but uh, he—I wish he could take notes from the the great, the late great John Madden, who just passed away. But alas, uh, the football community lost a huge figurehead. Uh, John Madden passed away, I believe, yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Man, what a what what a monolith for the for the game of football. Uh, to lose like in the midst of all this and um i mean madden and football just is like so synonymous to one another for me like we we grew up playing madden you know it's like that's that's Mm -hmm. literally football so it's it was kind of it's well i i want to say kind of shocking because i won't lie i kind of thought john passed away a while ago (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, did i it's just because, like, he's just so out of the public eye. But they, it's almost kind of, um, it's weird because ESPN did like a whole special with Peyton Manning and John Madden, where like Peyton interviewed Madden this year. I um, mean, it was like the first interview that John had done in like a decade. Um, so it's like amazing that they did it right before he passed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you have any, you have any thoughts or anything you want to share about the john madden news yeah man i mean i think uh you know some of my earliest memories are playing uh of video games is playing madden um you know my uh my uh one of my mentors had an old super nintendo and before i uh you know my first console was a nintendo 64 but like even before that uh you know one of my mentors had a super nintendo with like madden 95 on it uh you know so like so like yeah bro it was it was it was real it was like that uh and uh you know I, I, I'll never forget because like Madden was the, so I got Christmas money and when I was like eight years old, so I was like, all right, bet I'm going to, I'm going to get a game. So I went to Toys R Us. I bought Madden 64. Damn. Uh, I wore that joint out, my guy. Like, and you know, Madden's little commentary, boom, that's a huge shit. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just hearing him, hearing him on Madden 64 was like, uh, was, was just so, him and Pat Summerall, man. It was, 
there's there's memories there, you know. And and yeah. and on top of that, like one of the things that I really like about I really loved about Madden was like I feel like on every other broadcaster after him has just been trying to imitate him, but yeah. you like really can't because like they're coming from this like place where they're not really authentic about it. Like John Madden just like had like stuff he was delighted about and just would just like one of the one of my favorite things he used to do is just like highlight everything with that little pen on his screen of his. <laughs> like it's just like take a look right here. It's like there's look at his hairline right there. That's kind of messed up. He's got to talk to his barber. Like he would like go off on like weird tangents like that. It was just like, yeah. It was just like I love you, John. That that was that was hilarious. Uh, he, and but on top of that, like he really knew football and like he could he would actually like so you're getting sort of the comedic value plus you're getting an analysis. Um, and I think they try and manufacture moments like that now on the screen, but like you don't always get it. Uh, like for example, Troy Aikman is garbage. Like he's really terrible at this job. Uh, oh I, I feel like Joe Buck's a little bit better in some ways, but like Troy is just like, Troy just tells you exactly what you already heard. Uh, and so like, like he doesn't, he doesn't add any insight or anything like that. And when he, Joe, Joe, Joe Buck has to be the guy who like points out funny stuff that happens on the field instead of, and, yeah. and Troy's just like, yep, that's funny, Joe. <laughs> and like just kind of moves on. Like he just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. John had it, and and these guys don't. Um, and you know, he's a, he's a guy. New football obviously has Super Bowl ring. So R.I.P. to John. We're gonna miss him, bro. R.I.P. to John Madden. I will say, uh, Troy Aikman is like that substitute teacher who comes in on like short notice and reads everything off of the teacher's notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but tries and like tries to make it funny, but he just sounds really dumb. Yep. That's Troy, Troy gives you Troy gives you a worksheet. <laughs> sits in the corner. Yeah. Turns on a movie that's like irrelevant and yeah, that exactly. nobody likes. It's like we could have watched The Princess Bride, but nope he uh, he put on I don't know he put on someone Bill, painting a wall. For Bill Nye the Science Guy. Hey, Bill, don't miss though. Hey, but this is English class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, R.I.P. to John Madden. We here at the Go Deep Podcast have fond memories. Um, he will be missed. R.I.P. John. R.I.P. Peace, Urban. You will not be missed. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but speaking of Urban Myers, who is an ex-college football coach, head coach, um, before we get into the NFL playoff primer, the college football playoffs are happening this Friday. Uh, that is Janu- or January, December 31st mm. um, with the... Let's see. It's the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide playing the number four ranked uh, Cincinnati. I don't know their mascot because they're Cincinnati. I think they're the Wildcats, if I'm not mistaken. Bearcats. Something with cats. Don't ask me. Uh, But yeah, Alabama's playing Cincinnati, um, which could be a fun matchup. I I honestly think Alabama's going to win that one. Um, Cincinnati's had a hell of a year, though, I will say. Uh, They got two. The Bearcats. The Bearcats, that's what it is. They have two potential first-round draft picks playing on defense um, at corner. Uh, and then their quarterback has had an absolute crazy year. Um, he's played himself basically into, like, first-round uh, draft position, basically. Desmond uh, Ritter. Um, he's he's had a hell of a year as well, carrying that team on offense. Um so keep an eye on him in the in the, in the leading up to the NFL draft because he could be on the rise depending on how teams uh, like him after the playoffs. Uh, so those two teams will play play each other, and then of course the 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 one game that I'm actually really excited for uh, the Georgia Bulldogs will be playing uh, the uh, Michigan Wolverines. 
um, as well for the for the college football championship game. Uh, Georgia has one of the most elite defenses that college football has seen in years. Uh, I would not be surprised to see like eight to ten of those defensive starters get drafted in the NFL like first two to three rounds. Uh, they they are loaded, dude. Uh, it is a really good team. Uh, offense, I'm, I, I, I honestly, I don't know anybody that's playing on offense in Georgia. Um, cause that defense is literally just c- carry the team. Like they've made life easy for them. It's a really fun, uh, defense to watch. The guys just fly around. You have one of the best defensive linemen playing for them. Uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, at the moment. He's like freaking six, nine. Um, hold on. I'll tell you right now. He's a huge human being basically. Who's just. Uh, absolutely balling out, and Jordan Davis—that's his name. Extraordinarily large human being, dude. He's—he it makes no sense. But Jordan Davis is—is is his name. He's—he's he's literally like six nine, three hundred and eighty pounds, or whatever. And he moves, um, and they'll be playing Michigan, who we already know. Uh, Harbaugh's coach there. Um, they've got Aiden Hutchinson, who literally has played himself from being like a fringe first rounder to uh to second round draft pick to solidifying himself as one of the probably one of the first three players that get drafted off the board. Uh, Aiden Hutchison is an absolute monster coming off the edge. Uh, he balled out for them against Ohio State. Uh, he's done it all season. Super excited to watch that. Um, that Michigan backfield has carried the team. Um, so we're excited to see what Harbaugh can bring to the table against a tough Georgia team. So if you're a college football fan, uh, Keep that in mind. Or if you just want to watch some football on New Year's Eve, two great games to watch. So there's that. Uh, but anyways, enough of that. NFL playoff primer coming to you live. We're going to start off um, with two teams that are literally both fighting for a wild card position here. Washington football team plays the Eagles. Not only is this divisional, but man, huge playoff implications. Because if you guys can uh, beat the Eagles, I think you have a tiebreaker on them. And on top of that, uh, you move yourselves closer to locking playoff spot. You need to, of course, win out. Um, you're also going to need some help. So um, you're going to need the Vikings to lose, the Saints to lose, and you obviously got to beat the Eagles and win out the rest of the season. Um, but, how, I mean, how are you guys feeling? I mean, You play the Giants after the Eagles, so theoretically – should be a slam dunk. Yeah, maybe. it's wide open. I mean, I, I think Washington's kind of limping into the barn here uh, in the last the last moments of the season. Obviously, like I said uh, earlier in the earlier in the cast, um, you know, a lot of guys coming back from COVID uh, right. procedures got a lot of injuries uh, throughout the rest of the year. Despite that, um, we're missing our uh, a really great running back in JD McKissick, um, who who's been out for a little while, um, and missing some folks on some personal stuff. It's 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 hard to say. I don't I don't know how this game's going to turn out. I think it's going to depend on how complete our team is. Um, you know, if we've got if we've got enough players to to you know of, enough of our starters that we're able to, um, you know, sort of piece together the same synergy we had over the course of that four game winning streak. I think we win. If not, yeah. if we show up, uh, if I th- yeah, if we show up like we did at Dallas, I think it's it's another it's going to be another loss. Uh, it's going to be another L. I don't think it'll be as I don't think it'll be as bad as Dallas because the Eagles do not have that same type of offensive. Um, capability that Dallas does. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just don't know which, which, which Washington football team we're getting here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, 
if I had to pick one, I I probably I probably take the Eagles to be honest with you. Seriously, interesting. Yeah, I was not. not I don't uh, think necessarily think that they have a better team, but I think that they mm-hmm. have the more complete team at this point in the season. So I, I, that's why I would take them. That makes sense. I I wonder how many of your players or how many of your starters are still out. I mean, I, the injury report won't come out till I believe tomorrow, anyways. Like that's a little bit more finalized or Friday. Sorry, I should say. But um, I I kind of feel like like Washington after that thrashing that y'all had on su- Sunday night. I, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt and say, like, you'll actually come out and have, like, way more fight against the Eagles, just, like, as a pride kind of thing. Because Ron doesn't seem like the kind of coach who would just kind of let that um, linger into the rest of the, like, season, or the last two games, especially if you're still in the hunt. Like, I kind of feel like he might put that fire under your ass and be like, look, we're still in the hunt even after that, so, like, let's freaking do it. Um so I I, I, I want to give the edge to you guys barely. I think it'll be a tight game, honestly. Um, I don't think it'll be a shootout by any means, like anywhere from the mid to high 20s. Um, but I think you guys can eke out a win here and um, kind of put yourselves in, in position to get some kind of help um, to close out the season, maybe maybe just limp into the playoffs. So and if you do make the playoffs, who knows? You might get some of those players back. Um, you guys might be able to do something, but... Um, it's still it's still a game with some with some playoff implications too because if the Eagles win, um, then they still have potential to 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 get into the playoffs or lock their position in the playoffs. They are the seventh seed at the moment, so they're the bottom seed. Um, they would be playing if the playoffs were to start today. They would be playing Dallas in the playoffs because Dallas is a, is the two seed. Um, but they also play the Cowboys week seventeen. So who knows? Maybe Dallas will decide to play spoiler. And absolutely whoop up on the Eagles on Week 18, um, but it, it it should be an interesting game because as AJ always says, it's a divisional game, and there's playoff implications. So never know how uh, that's going to turn out. So seriously, those games, I want to say like on your predictions for division games and like their unpredictability, you're at like an 85 to like 88 percent, dude. Like I didn't, I never really thought about it until you started pointing it out, and like by Week Nine of this season, I was like. This motherfucker's spitting. That's <laughs> true. Because you was true. you was calling shit out, bro, and I was like, "Damn, this motherfucker onto something." Um, but yeah, that that should be a good game. Uh, another so basically the NFC, the NFC's wild or playoff position is kind of like it's basically almost set. Uh, the Packers currently are number one. Um, they're twelve and three, so they all they have to really worry about is uh, winning out. And then they'll lock the one spot. Um, but right behind them at number two are the Cowboys. Uh, number three are the Rams, uh, who've plinched, who they've clinched a playoff spot. Uh, the Cowboys have also clinched the division, so they're set in the playoffs. Packers clinched the division. Uh, the Buccaneers have clinched the division. They're the fourth seed right now. Um, and then the Cardinals have also clinched the fifth seed um, at 10 and 5. Uh, but I want to talk about the Cowboys Cardinals games that you pointed out to me because one is like you know two two kind of like high powered offenses although the Cardinals are kind of struggling um, but two really good teams playing against each other um, with huge seating uh, implications here because whoever loses basically swaps places um, or could potentially swap places uh, depending on what happens with the Rams and the Buccaneers. Um, but yeah, uh, I you know, 
heading when we were at the beginning of the season, I'd said that the Cardinals are my dark horse team to to making the Super Bowl. Um, and like the last five weeks, man, this team is unraveled. Uh, they were hit by injuries with like uh, DeAndre Hopkins out. They they've really been missing him. Kyler Murray seems off. Uh, the defense, it's at first like to start the season, this defense was strong. And now it seems like the defense is on like bend but don't break mode, but they're bending too much. Um, and then they lost uh, their starting running back, I believe, is Chase Edmonds. And James Conner has stepped in admirably, but like they almost seem one dimensional um, and they're really inconsistent. So I, I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys here just because the Cowboys have a little bit of a hotter hand right now. Um, so I think the Cowboys could, could potentially secure that two spot. Um, by week seventeen or week eighteen, but uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the game, man? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just like you said, right? Like my rule is I always try and bet on the more complete team, and I think right now the Cowboys are a complete team. They've got their they've got a bunch of players back from injury. We've seen them, um, you know, sort of struggle in the weeks prior to that. Uh, but yeah. now that they've kind of got the ball rolling, they've got their whole they've got the band back together, uh, and uh, so I think you know I think the Cowboys are probably going to to come out victorious. Now I don't think that's uh that's necessarily a lock or anything like that because we have seen the Cowboys, uh, uh, you know, go through some pretty historic meltdowns in the past couple of decades. So uh, maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't. But um, <clears throat> but I but I do think, you know, the Cardinals have definitely been disjointed. Um, the defense that uh, had come out so tenaciously at the beginning of the season is, is certainly not producing on that same level. Um, so I think the question is, you know, can they put together, you know, on the one hand, do you think the Cowboys could survive, or do you think the Cardinals could survive a shootout with the Cowboys at this point? You know, that, to me, that's that's the real question. Um, and I and, and it's interesting after watching that that game um, against Washington, I don't necessarily think that the Cowboys are invulnerable, um, but I do think that they have a lot of guys who make who are who are in put themselves in position to make good, uh, great plays, um, and you know, at a certain point, those start to really accumulate. Um, so to me, the question is, are the Cardinals able to overcome the Cowboys' uh, ability to make pretty spectacular plays on defense, whether it be the defensive line or, uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs in that secondary, um, in order to survive a game against the Cowboys? I'm not sure that they do. Like I said, I put my money on the Cowboys if I had to pick. Yeah. I think, and I, th- I think you brought up a good point. Uh, Cowboys right now seem, like you said, more complete team. Cardinals are missing some key pieces. Um. I'm pretty sure that defense is even missing a couple players, and I think that's why we've seen a drop off. And the Cowboys are literally hitting the. It's like it's like the Major League Baseball analogy that we were talking about about heating up at the right time earlier in the year, and I think that's literally what we're seeing with with the Cowboys. Um, so yeah, I got I got to go with you on that. I think the Cowboys are going to come out. Um, I don't think they're going to stomp them like by 40 points or anything like that. But I you know I, I could see I could easily see a 10 to 14 point like win for the Cowboys. Um, just because the cards are struggling so hard, and I hate to see it, but it is what it is. It is what it is. But they, look, they might get the players back, uh, you know, when the playoffs start. So, um, you know, you could see them. Your dark horse prediction might be correct. Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> um, I, a quick. So, I want to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. They're at the. They're on the three seed right now. Um, so they're. I'm not. Sh- I don't want to say that they they've clinched the division. Um, the three seed can be taken from them if, like, by the Bucks or the Cardinals, um, depending on you know 
outcomes of several games and the outcome of the Rams versus Ravens game. Uh, but what's interesting to see is that uh, the Rams play the Ravens this week, but they play the 49ers next week, and the 49ers are currently the sixth seed. Um, so it's it'll be interesting to see if the 49ers can uh, pull out a win. That could be one of those games, like one of those teams that we could see Washington take their spot in. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the Ravens-Rams games also has implications in the AFC. Um, so just to quickly touch on the AFC's current situation, um, it's a bit more wide open than the uh, NFC, but the Chiefs have basically secured the number one, or sorry, not the number one. They've secured the uh, the AFC West. The Titans have clinched their division as well, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me just double check that. Actually, I lied. They're they're still they're still fighting with the Colts to lock that uh, that that division. Um, so the Titans is a Titans are in one of those situations where they need to win, but they are currently the number two. The Cincinnati Bengals are number three in probably one of the most wide open divisions in the league right now, um, as there's only what one game separating them from the Ravens, and then two games separating them from the Steelers and the Browns. So basically, all four teams in the AFC North are fighting for um, for uh, AFC playoff spots. You got the Bills at number four. Um, who are one game ahead, or they have? They're holding the tiebreaker. They're not. They're tied up with the Patriots, but they hold the tiebreaker because they beat the Patriots. Um, so they're at the number four spot in another position where they absolutely have to win out to uh, maintain their position. Number five seed would be the Indianapolis Colts, who are also fighting for position with the Titans. Um, so that'll be a bit of a tough situation um, and an interesting uh, situation to watch leading into Week 18. Uh, Patriots are at six and the Miami Dolphins are at seven. So you have three AFC East teams kind of fighting for position in the playoffs. Um, and on the bubble in the AFC, you have the Los Angeles Chargers who are absolutely reeling after a really tough loss to the Houston Texans. Uh, you also have the Las Vegas Raiders who are surprisingly still in position. Um, and on the hunt, both of those teams are eight and seven. The Ravens, Steelers, and Browns, like I mentioned, are all in the hunt as well. Ravens at eight and seven. Steelers are seven, seven, and one, and the Browns are seven and eight. Uh, although, with the Browns being led by John Kitna Jr., I'm not sure we'll see much happening there. Um, and then the last team fighting for a position um, are the Denver Broncos in the AFC, who are also seven and eight. Um, they're about a game and a half behind, basically, the Chargers and the Raiders. But any given Sunday, we could see what happens. Um, so that being said, the Rams Ravens game implications for the Ravens, because if they lose that opens the door for the Steelers or the Browns to like, overtake them and eliminate the Ravens themselves. Mike Tomlin and them Steelers, man, I'm telling you, it's crazy. They it's have crazy. no business being in this position at all. They and really big, don't. Big Ben has the mobility of a filing cabinet. My man cannot move and he's, he's got to <laughs> drop him back and, and like, Half the time his arm don't work. Like trying to trying to right now trying to lead a football team with Big Ben is like playing. Uh, you ever you ever played that game where like you got a little catapult and you have to shoot it through the goal at the other end of the of the other goal. <laughs> that's what that's yeah. what it's like playing like having drop, Big Ben drop back because you never know when the ball is gonna like go exactly where you want it or if it's gonna like end up like four yards down the field and that's it. Like and he's still winning games out here. It's nuts. It's crazy. Somehow, somehow when he, but it it was. It was hard to watch him play against the Chiefs this past Sunday, man. Like, oh my gosh! 
anything beyond five yards had the like those balls had the speed of molasses. Like Big Ben has the mobility of a lazy boy recliner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen throw pillows move faster than him. <laughs> it's it's rough, but like you like like you said early in the season, that's kind of been our motto: is like you can't you can't bet against Mike Tomlin. Don't bet against Mike Tomlin. Sure enough, he has them boys in position to sneak in, mm-hmm. and it's crazy to me. Um, so I mean, it's it's huge implications with this with this Rams Ravens game because even though all th- like even though they're both in the on the bubble, it's like Ravens right now might have to rely on Tyler Hundley if they get him back. Lamar Jackson's still hobbling around at practice with the ankle injury. I, I mean, mean honestly, a... I think I think Jim uh, Harbaugh has a better. Like, like Tom, what Tomlin's done in Pittsburgh is amazing, but what Harbaugh has done in Baltimore is even more amazing because his team has been through a wood chipper already. Like, like by week one of the season, the fact that he's even out here, like able to compete for this spot is kind of amazing. I think that's, I mean, that heavily also has to do with, I mean, Lamar just fucking, the guy's like a superhero out there, man. Yeah, he really is. He really is. He's a difference maker. He's incredible on that team. He, where everyone's waiting for him to show up from Snake Way every single every single game. It's I mean, it, and what's impressive to me too, though, is, um, and I think you you pointed it out to us in the group chat was like how well Tyler Hundley's literally stepped in like two games, like the dude. I think you said he puts them in position to win. And it's like watching him play two weeks ago was like he was he was throwing dimes, bro. He's balling, man. He's balling. So I I think. I think as long as they get Hundley back, Josh Johnson's a good, like you know he's a decent backup. Um, he played for the Jets this season already too, <laughs> and threw for like three hundred plus yards. Um, so he's not he's not a chump, but he's not Tyler Hundley, and he's definitely not Lamar. So um, I don't know. I I, I that Ravens Rams game as much as I want to you know trust in Harbaugh, and I I don't think they can compete with the Rams right now they're like you say they're just a more whole team yeah I don't think I don't necessarily think my, like if I had to put money on the game I would put it on the Rams mm-hmm. however we have seen the Rams uh shit the bed a couple of times this season <laughs> so I don't think it's gonna be like I don't know it might get out of hand but I don't think it necessarily has to be that and so yeah. I think you know don't expect don't expect the Ravens to go down without a fight I would say true I can see that yeah, I, they might stick around longer than we expect. Facts, because there's such a Harbaugh has them playing like so scrappy. Look, I could see him. I could see him getting a win somehow. I just don't know. I don't know how it would come, but I, I could see it. You know what it would take is uh, <laughs> Stafford coughing up the ball in like stupid ways, like he has all season. Hey, he does that sometimes. Look, Matthew Stafford is the Brett Favre of our generation. He like really I'm just, is. My man yeah. knows how to. He whips the ball down the field. He's a gunslinger, all like 100. percent Someday, sometimes he's gonna have a bad day, and if that's your day, hey, you might get that dub. You might catch that dub. That has to be one of the best comparisons I've I've heard lately. That's mm-hmm. a really good one. Yeah, <laughs> I remember watching some games when Favre was playing for the Jets, where it's like the man just tossed up four touchdowns, and then like literally a week later, he's like five interceptions. You're like, what in the fuck? Is going <laughs> yeah, on? what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, literally, he was just he would just. He's, he trusted his arm too much. He'd be like, "Yeah, I think I can get it in there." <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's you get which you get whiplash, you know, depending on what week it is. I will say though, man, the Rams right now with Cooper Cup, bro. 
Hey, yo, Cooper Cup is nice. That dude is a cheat code. His Bro. footwork is amazing. And they only got better with Odell there now. That I would love calling. to see a Dancing with the Stars between uh, Cooper Cup and uh, Stefan Diggs. Like, the footwork would be amazing. Hey. <laughs> My mans would be sambaing and waltzing all over the place. <laughs> no, yeah, that boy don't miss. Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure uh, Cooper Cup is having one of the most historic wide receiver seasons in in uh, in history. He's like trying to break the season season catch record, the season yards record, and maybe even the season's touchdown record. Like the kid's on a fucking tear. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Um, just because like. Like we're saying, the Ravens are scrappy, but so they might stick around. But and and you know they might they might have some fire up the butt because playoffs. Get you a turnover. Get you a turnover. You know that's right. That's where it starts. So moving on, uh, we have the Bengals playing the Chiefs this week. Uh, Chiefs basically sitting sitting pretty at the number one spot in the AFC right now. Um, I'm pretty sure they locked that position. Yes, they're locked in at the number one seed. It looks like. Um, so the Bengals are basically just clinging on to that third spot. Like if they lose against the Chiefs this week, um, that opens the door not only for them to drop in the seedings, but it also opens the door for the Ravens or the Steelers or even the Browns to kind of like jump over them into that uh, whatever spot they're in. Um, it'll probably the lowest they can go. I think is probably if the Bengals lose, they can drop down to like six. Um. So there's that. Uh, it I think this is an interesting game because the Chiefs' defense has literally like come to life in the last five weeks. Like this defense was non-existent in the beginning of the season, which is why like everybody was kind of counting them out, uh, like wondering like what's going on with Patrick Mahomes and like this defense is letting them down. And they were like one in three at one point, and everybody was like, "Do we count them out?" And then Patrick Mahomes was like. Uh, not yet and like just freaking turn it on but the defense has been lighting it up and joe burrow's coming back from a game where he had like 500 throwing yard passing yards um so that's freaking nuts but i mean what what are your thoughts on this matchup Adrian? yeah i think it, it kind of depends on which version of the chiefs we get you know uh, now that they've sort of secured their number one spot in their division like is it are they going to be taking plays off or anything like that? You know what I mean? If right. they're not, if they're playing 100%, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Um, not necessarily because I think they're like super spectacular or anything, but I just think that the Chiefs on their best day are better than the Bengals on their best day, you know? Yeah. Um, but do we get the best Chiefs? I don't know. I don't know. If I had to put money on that, I'd put it on the Chiefs, but I'm not like super married to that. So you could see that I could see the Bengals stealing one from them. Um, it's going to be tough though. That's not a team you want to face in week 16 or 17. I can tell you that. Yeah, especially with your playoff hopes on the line right there. Nope. Um, I honestly I think this game boils down to Joe Burrow and like his phenomenal wide receiver core against Tyron Matthew and the rest of that Kansas City Chiefs defensive backfield. Um Mahomes is gonna keep them in the game. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um that Chiefs offense can be explosive, they can matriculate down the field, um, so they will get you points. It will be on the Chiefs' defense to really step up and be like, hey, we feel like playing today, like you said. Or Joe Burrow having an off day after just being absolutely phenomenal last week. So we'll see. But it's a it's a big game for them. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Big Joe um, like 
fucking light it up because he's been on a tear. I'm also really pissed that Jay snubbed Joe Burrow from the Pro Bowl because um, he's been phenomenal this year. After yeah, he's, he's been making a case for sure. Dude, it, in like a year after tearing his knee? Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, moving forward, uh, it's interesting. The Bills and the Patriots are in like a funny position because so they're both they're both basically tied. The Bills have the tiebreaker, so that's why the Bills are at four and the Patriots are at six. But they both have such cupcake schedules moving forward. It's like the Bills play the the Falcons and then they play my Jets. <laughs> So it's like, who are you really worried about? Um, but then the Bills play the Falcons, and then they play my Jets. So <laughs> it's like, if if the Jets can like stun one of them, um, wait, well, who who do the Patriots oh, no, no, no. play? Sorry, the the Patriots play uh, the Jaguars, and then they play the Dolphins. Oh, okay. So like, you have the case where the Dolphins could like try and play spoiler and be like, no, nah, fuck the Patriots, or like where my Jets try to play spoiler and like say fuck the Bills. Um, but it's interesting because they both basically both play like really crappy teams <laughs> so they could just stay in their spot. Um, and then you have the Colts who play the Raiders, um, which is a game that has huge playoff implications because the Raiders are still in the hunt. Um, they can, they can hop over the dolphins if the dolphins lose, um, which could happen because the Titans are playing the dolphins and the Titans need to win the game or the Colts can beat them or like overtake their spot. It's like, so many of these AFC games are basically like whoever loses the game can lose a spot and whoever wins it can secure a spot or jump someone else. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to describe without showing you pictures, but basically uh, Colts Raiders game winner can move up a spot. Loser uh, will definitely drop a spot. Um, same goes to the Los Angeles chargers Broncos game this week. Whoever loses that game is out. Like, they're out of the hunt. Whoever wins that game is still in the hunt. Raiders-Colts, like I just said. Um, Steelers-Browns is another huge divisional one, kind of like with the Washington Eagles game, where whoever loses that game is out. But whoever wins that game, like, could potentially even overjump the the Bengals if they lose against the Chiefs. Um, so I'll start off with this. Steelers versus, Brown, versus Browns, who you got? Uh, it's so hard to say. Um, the Steelers have a great defensive front, and I think they have a really good potential to stop the Browns. If I had to pick one, I mean, look, I could see this game going either way because if the if the Browns' running game is is working, mm. then that opens up the ability for their deficient quarterback named Baker Baker Mayfield to actually throw the ball down the field. So, um, if their running game works, then I would say that the Browns would win. If their running game does not work, then you you got to go with the Steelers. Uh, and if I had to pick one. I would take the Steelers. Never bet against Mike Tomlin. I gotta, I gotta say the same. Uh, they got absolutely manhandled by the Chiefs, and this is a divisional game. Tomlin's seen these Browns so many times. I feel like, and that defense is still good. Mm-hmm. Can't sleep on that Steelers defense. So, um, I think they win in spite of Rod, uh, Roethlisberger. He's just Mike Tomlin is just that good. Roethlisberger um, has the mobility of the dinosaur uh, model from the National. Uh, History Museum. <laughs> oh no! I've seen more. I've seen more mobility from a uh, a gallon 
a five gallon jug of water. <laughs> Roethlisberger. <laughs> um, the other game that has huh? from a uh, an armoire. <laughs> nice use of the word armoire. <laughs> Like, what is that? Don't worry, it moves faster than Roethlisberger, so yeah, you'll it's... see it. <laughs> you'll see it coming. Um, God. All right. Uh, Titans versus Dolphins. Like I said, huge playoff implications. I'm going to go with the Titans here. Um, they've been winning in spite of injuries, and I like. I just don't buy the Dolphins. I don't think they're that good. Yeah, I think I, I think I said this before the pod, but like uh, before we recorded, but like. The Dolphins have not have won one game in their seven game win streak against a team that's above five hundred. That's right. Uh, so I think that I have to go with the uh, with the Titans as well. That happens, and that opens the door for any one of the teams: the Chargers, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, or Broncos potentially to slide into the seventh seed. Mm. Um, if the Titans win, then they maintain that two spot. But at their heels are the Colts who are playing the Raiders. The Raiders also fighting for a playoff spot. So um, that being said, I think the Raiders are in a position where, like, man, that team has really fought tooth and nail. Like, the players that are still there and the coaches that are still there have done their best. Um, I think they've exhausted all options at this point. Like, they're just they – did, they've done too much, just like the Ravens, just like the Steelers. Like, they're one of those teams that, like, you're still here? That's really impressive, man. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the Colts are going to take it, even even with either Ellinger or Rivers starting for them. I think that that Colts defense is uh, good enough to stop them, and they have Jonathan Taylor. Um, who you got? Um, it's hard to say, but I think I kind of agree with you. I think they're the most complete team right now. Mm. Jonathan Taylor's a beast. Um, now, yeah, obviously, the quarterback position is pretty crucial, but if you have a good running game, then that's okay. Like the quarterback doesn't have to worry too much. Right. Um, now I don't want to count out David Carr and the Colt, uh, and the Raiders too much, but if I had to pick a team, I would take the Colts. It's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tough. Boom. I think those are the main games that matter. Oh, Broncos are playing the chargers. Uh, chargers just lost to the Texans, which is fucking awful. Um, and then Broncos, I believe, lost last week as well as they were they were led by Drew Locke in place of Teddy Bridgewater, who has a concussion. Uh, but basically, this game, the Broncos are seven and eight. The Chargers are eight and seven. Um, so if the Chargers lose, they'll be tied with the Bron- with Broncos, um, which would open the door for the Raiders to basically leapfrog both teams. However, if the Chargers win, then Denver is completely eliminated. Um, Chargers stay ahead of the Raiders. Um, even if the Raiders beat the Colts, uh, meaning that they could slide into the seventh seed, sixth or seventh potentially, depending on what happens with the Col- uh, Patriots, um, probably seventh seed. Um, but who who are you think who are you leaning towards in this Chargers Broncos game? Oh man, I like this Chargers team so much more than I like the Broncos team. Hmm. Um, but my gut tells me that after the epic meltdown against Houston last week, that Denver sneaks a win in here, and. Ooh. Uh, so that's my that's my upset of the week. I think for this, I think the Chargers drop another one to the Broncos this week. It's a divisional game. That type of stuff can happen. Um, yeah. Despite Justin Herbert's perfect ball placement, I think that the uh, the Broncos sneak one in here. The thing about the Broncos that like absolutely kills me is like that defense is still sneaky good. Like that Broncos defense can like Bradley Chubb had a hell of an interception last week to try and keep them in the game. They just had Drew Locke. 
Um, th- here's my caveat. If the Broncos get Teddy Bridgewater back, I'm with you. I can see them like pouncing on top of a reeling Chargers team and uh, sneaking out a dub. But if Drew Locke is starting, I, I just don't. Drew Locke is like Matthew Stafford and Brett Favre, but um, he asked someone to take his SATs for him because he's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's Drew Locke for me. <laughs> so um, I, I'm going to go with the Broncos here because I do think Bridgewater comes back. Um, and it's it's division, like you said, division game. Both teams are going to come out firing. Sneak up there and still win for me. That's what mm-hmm. that's how it works. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go with you on that Broncos here. Um, I will say we didn't we didn't cover my Jets because my Jets have the Jets and uh, we're playing the Buccaneers. So Tom Brady owns us. He's our daddy. Um, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're gonna talk. Zach Wilson had a hell of a run last week though. Fifty two. Yeah, he did. He really did. That was a great. Run. <laughs> so happy to, happy to see that. Um. Oh yeah, who you, who you got? Who you got in the toilet bowl? <laughs> Are you talking about the the uh, the Giants Bears game? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's who we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> okay. Do you know what? You know what? Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bears here. Go with the Bears. That, okay. That Giants team is historically bear like bad. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Dude, and what? look, Matt Matt Nagy has been disappointing, but but like. I don't know. I feel like the the Bears have are closer to having a complete football team and not a shit show than the uh, than the Giants are. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, look, Danny Dimes sometimes he pulls he pulls a rabbit of a hat occasionally. But oh wait, it is Mike Lennon now. I don't. It was Mike it Glennon, dude. Yeah, Mike <laughs> Glennon. Mike Glennon. Who? Glenn, who are who, you, my guy? Who? Fucking my guy's neck is the size of the the Brooklyn Bridge, bro. <laughs> Thing is, he, have you seen him? Yeah. yeah, bro. He'd be blocking traffic just by standing <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Mike Glennon got asked to be to be the live-action mascot for Toys R Us before they shut down. <laughs> my guy, actually, uh, he was the stunt double for Kingpin. Not a lot of people know this. <laughs> <laughs> no neck having ass. <laughs> Like his neck is just so big, it's not even a neck, bro. Yeah, yeah no, bro. It's wow. like a, it's like a whole muscle group all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> I just had the weirdest like uh, mental image of like his neck bending like an arm, <laughs> like an elbow. <laughs> it's just so weird, like flexing, like he's like showing how strong he is, but it's his neck. <laughs> it's my neck. It's so strong. <laughs> hey, at least the man can take a sack. Yeah, he he takes a sack well. That's what you get when you play for the Giants. Yeah, no, that game's going to be horrendous. Uh, I, I I do think the Bears are a little bit more competent. Um, Big Dick Nick came out last week and got them a dub against hey, the Seahawks. Hey, that's what it is. That's what it is. Nick oh, Foles. We, we happy to see, we happy to see that. Knows what he's doing. Uh, let's see what other game. What are, who do you? Uh, let's see. Let me let me throw you one here. <laughs> who the do curveball? you take in in the uh, in the in the toilet bowl? Dose Lions or the Seahawks? Gotta go with the Seahawks. On that yeah, one. yeah. I mean, you I, sure about that? I love, I love. You know how much I love the Lions. You know, I how know. Much I want them to to achieve victory, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to bet against Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett <laughs> against the, against the Lions defense. Now, I will be extremely happy for them if they win, 
I love you. Love to see it. We love to see it, don't don't we, we folks? Do we love, love to see it. it. We love to see but, it. But, but I am not going uh, <laughs> to to go out on a limb here and say they're going to beat the Seattle Seahawks. I can't. You know it. what? You don't fuck that. I'm going with the Lions. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. One of us has to, and I I'm going it. to take I respect this one. it. I respect it. I'll be rooting for you. I'll be rooting for you. Detroit, I know I know you guys are cursed up there. I know you, you guys built a stadium on like desecrated land or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm pulling for you this week. Yeah, man. Look, Just you've got you've got people out who here who support you, Detroit. Uh, you know, we'd love to see you guys win some some football games uh, at some point. Um <laughs> You know, sooner rather than later, obviously, but uh, but you know, you, you hey, look, look, there's always Michigan, there's always Michigan, but yeah, that's right, there's always Michigan too. Either way, we can win. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think uh, I think that brings us to uh, to a conclusion here. Uh, we had a we had fun coming back from hiatus. Uh, I believe we'll be back next week, barring any extenuating circumstances. But uh, thank y'all for sticking with us so far. We appreciate you. And as always, please, if you're an Apple podcast listener, feel free to leave us a review, uh, five stars, uh, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Um, All other streaming services, unfortunately, you can't leave a review or fortunately, I don't know. It depends which one. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we appreciate y'all. AJ, any parting shots? Yeah, no, shout out to Toby. um, And, uh, you know, like, can't can't wait to uh, see you guys in the new year. Hopefully we'll get out of this COVID stuff and we can... um, uh you know it doesn't interrupt our lives quite this quite this way uh but shout out to uh city of detroit hope you guys get that dub hey and uh shout out to urban meyer come on the pod bro we we miss you we, we miss you we love you uh tell us some more dumb guy stuff we appreciate yep. it meyer get your agent to uh talk to talk to me because you know or agent no 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 don't talk to us directly talk to our people uh, talk, talk to our, our people, people. Yeah. all right, all right. Well, yeah we'll hit we'll us up on our social medias you can yeah we'll, we'll set it up yeah <laughs> all right y'all as always Go deep.